yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Thankful you guys are here once again. Uh, been about two weeks. I'm trying to stay on the two-week schedule. I have been sick. I uh, finally went in today. I have a sinus infection and bronchitis. So you'll hear the rich mahogany in my voice, and I'll probably have to stop intermittently here while I record a cough. It's been kind of annoying. So apologize for the delay between recordings here, but I've switched to two weeks. seems to be a little bit more manageable for me right now uh, with what I got going on. Um, as I mentioned last week, I, I recently hired a coach and I talked to her a little bit and it is a her and she, she's cool with me mentioning her by name. Um, if you guys are CrossFitters, you'll know of the Granite Games. Uh, they are now a, sh- a sanction- sanctioned <laughs> a sanctioned event for CrossFit, uh, the Granite Games, and then also Fast Factory. And the, the gal that's my coach is Jess Swanson. And her and her husband own Fast Factory in St. Cloud, um, but they also started the Granite Games, and um, she is my coach. And we're working on nutrition, but also, uh, it, like I said last week, it's a little bit more than just that. It's someone to hold me accountable, um, you know, life coaching and nutrition coaching. I'm, I'm kind of a hard study when it comes to nutrition. I'm, I can really easily gain both, um, you know, muscle mass and fat weight but I have a really hard time losing either one. So, um, you know, skinnier people out there will probably be upset with that, but, uh, I trade you in a second. (laughs) I don't need to get any bigger at 42 being 250. It's, it's really hard on my joints. And so, um, after trying on my own for a good, I don't even know, 10 years now, probably. Um, I finally just, you know, um, invested in my, myself and, and took the dive into having someone that is a coacher of coaches, and, you know, she's kind of a no, no BS, high BS meter, um, tells me how it is, holds me accountable. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And the reason I bring that up this week is that, um, on sun, well, each day I do my daily three, which one is health, one is happiness and one is impact. And, you know, health is both mental and physical happiness is something that you're going to do. Like you're, you're setting your intention for the day and my impact, well, um, is something that you're going to do that will impact others. And on Sunday I was going to record another episode, but I just, I felt so like crappy and I didn't do it. And so, you know, she was like, well, figure out why. And, you know, I, I could have done it. I just, I just had poor time maintenance and just was easily able to just say, no, I'll do it another day. And so stuff like that, it's not, she's not like saying, well, you know, whatever. I mean, it was just like, well, what's the reason why? And so, um, it's a good practice to get into for yourself if you're at home listening right now is asking yourself why a lot of times. Now, you may not know the answer. Um, I used to ask myself that all the time with my anxiety is like, well, why am I anxious? And I would always focus on external things that I would hope to find the answer in. Like, why am I am I nervous about going out in public? And so I would focus on the public aspect of it versus what was going on in the inside of me. Um which was just my thinking was broken, broken, um, very basic one-on-one reasoning behind it. But you know, the, my thinking behind what was going to happen to me in public, I was scared of having a panic attack in public. So rather than arming myself with all these skills and techniques to get through that, if it were to happen, um, I had already decided that it was going to happen. So I would just avoid it altogether. 
And so it, it helps to kind of not diagnose, but to help learn more about yourself and, and learn why you think the way you do when you ask yourself those why questions. And so, you know, the first, it's only been a week that I've been working with her and it's just, it's been a good thing so far and it's, it's uh, developing a new habit for myself. And the important thing for you guys that are listening, that are struggling is that even myself, you know, being 15 years into my healing journey, I still ask for help. And it's been the best thing for me is when I ask for help, I learn something no matter what it is. Um, and it's hard to do saying that you need help, but it's super rewarding. And, you know, being that I am farther along in my journey than some of you may be, anxiety is anxiety. It just varies by degree and by subject and by subject, that's person. So my anxiety is the same as yours. It's just, I've developed enough, enough skills and techniques to help myself get through it when it does arise. You know, I've, I finally off medication, you know, I'm finally able to go into public. I'm finally able to do the things that I held myself back from doing because I worked on myself so hard. And now, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that, but that was an airplane that just flew overhead. It was like really close. Apparently, sorry about that. I don't even know where I was at. So I'm going to just start with the first question here for today. Um, these, this is another one from the testifier group, um, from we are the evidence. And the question's kind of long, so I'm going to try to get through it here. Um, it says, okay, I stay away from people that trigger my anxiety. Perfect. These people are good people. They didn't do anything wrong, but the feeling of anxiety is too much for me to handle. Yep, I understand that for sure. I realize this happened or happens because they were involved in my life during the after aftermath of my rape. And if you don't know or have not listened to that We Are the Evidence group, it's a group of people that... Um, come together to help heal from sexual assault and rape. And um, so this is one of the people asking those questions here. They try to help and suck around for as long as they, they could, um, but I just see their Facebook page and it's triggering. Uh, I want to talk to old friends and even hang out with them, but my anxiety gets, gets me every time. The thing is, my rape was recorded, edited to look like a sex tape. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's terrible. Uh, so my attackers wouldn't be accused of rape, but celebrated in my neighborhood for what they had did to me. I was told in my face, my face doesn't come out, but most people knew it was me. I am also a survivor of childhood abuse, incest, and an abusive relationship. What do you do? Or what to do when old friends are triggering to my anxiety and it's not their fault. First of all, I'm so sorry that you've had to go through all that trauma. Um, I, I, you know, and, and kudos to you for being brave enough to ask a question like that and to share that part of your story. That's that's a step forward in your healing. So um, celebrate that. You know, celebrate reaching out to We Are the Evidence. Celebrate um, that step of bravery. Even though the the thing you're talking about is painful, there is you know a positive aspect to what you're doing. So I want to acknowledge that because some, oftentimes when we struggle and we have trauma in our life, we don't acknowledge the little victories that we have because they do add up. The weight of what has happened to us in our past can overweigh those little micro victories that can be the spark that's going to light that fire to get that inner flame going once again. So celebrate that little victory of reaching out for help, both to me and to the We Are The Evidence group. So kudos to you. 
And again, I, I'm extremely sorry that you had to go through this trauma. It, it's, uh, it, it's brutal. It's a, it's a hard one. I, I have a hard time relating to this because I've, I've, I haven't been through something like that. And, you know, there's probably not a lot of people that have, but you, you gotta hit it. I mean, you kind of hit it right on the head. It's like the, the people didn't do anything, but there, there are triggers for you. And you know that, which is a step forward as well. Um, I, I, my suggestion for this, um, notwithstanding the aspects that I, I haven't been through myself, but I have been through the points at which I had to let friends go, even though I wanted to still be friends with them, I had to find new friendships. And there are times where some of the people that were around, um, in my past when my anxiety was at, at its worst, that will revive some of those old feelings. But what I do is, like I mentioned before, I ask myself, okay, am I in real danger? Which it's usually no. And so then I, I say, I'm safe, but I am fearful. And then I ask myself, well, why am I fearful? And I start to kind of dissect my thought process around these people that pop up that I'm not really prepared for. And so my, I pull out my Swiss Army knife, if you will, of tools and questions to ask myself so I can get through this inter- this encounter. Um, more likely than not, the people that, um, you come across that are triggers for you have no idea that they're, they're triggers. And so I think that you can kind of evaluate your friendships with these people and say, okay, this person I really do want in my life, have a conversation with them that is open and honest. They, you know, it's, it's taking care of yourself versus saying, um, I'm just going to be with this person and not ever let them know that the reason I'm different now is because I went through X, Y, or Z. Um, they probably are wondering what's changed and they're probably saying, you know, asking themselves what they did wrong. Now, like you said, they're, they're nice people and they're, they're virtually, um, innocent of the event, but they're attached to the event through your memories, which are valid. It's, it's a fearful memory and it's the thought process pops up that, okay, boom, I'm right back in that place where I was, where I was struggling, where I was fearful, where I was hurt, where I was, you know, mentally injured, physically injured, um, down in the depths of the trenches. And they are the visual memories of that time in your life. However, if you want someone to be in your life, you got to think about the positive aspects of what that friendship brought to your life. You can't always just like... And this is going to be super hard because I'm sure you have a little bit of PTSD attached to this event, but you can't always just immediately revert to the negative aspects of that friendship. If you want it to change. Now, if you don't want it to change, yeah, you can and just say, okay, I need to stay safe from this person. But if it's a person of value in your life, then have that, that extremely uncomfortable conversation, but let them into your weird, weird little world as I have. And people are like, oh my God, I had no idea. And, and that's a great point because there are still people to this day that I come across that were in my past when I was really struggling that I say, yeah, I, I had crippling anxiety. And they're like, really? I had no idea. I mean, they knew something was wrong, but they thought it was them. They thought I just, they thought I just didn't like them. And so it was very hard for me to admit that to them that I was hurting. I could have just let them think that I just didn't like them or that I changed or whatever. But I, I had that unco- uncomfortable conversation with them and just saying, yeah, you were kind of a, a trigger for me. So I had, to, I had to move on at the time. Now things are going well. I, I can 
you know, A, decide to have a relationship with them again and bring them back into my life and see how it goes, or B, just continue to lead the path that I'm, I'm, I'm rolling along right now and, and not go back to it. But for you, it's okay to test it out and say, <clears throat> I'm trying to adjust this. And I'm a little uncomfortable, to be honest, because I, I haven't gone through this. Like, I, 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 I want to give you good advice, but I, I can't imagine, you know, the mindset that you can be in. But there is hope because, you know, things that happen to us, you know, even with PTSD, there is ways to get through it. Now, my specialty is not PTSD, and, and hopefully, you know, with all of your history that you're, you're going to someone to talk to when it gets really hard because they're going to give you some of these tools that you'll work on, and then you'll review them, and you'll kind of start to build a little momentum little by little. And it's the momentum comes when you celebrate the little victories. And a little victory for you is, is f- figuring out who those people are that you really want in your life. Who, who are those friends that are worth the uncomfortable conversation, worth the investment of emotion that's going to come back into your life when you bring this up to them? Now, you're a survivor. And survivors know how to get through the worst of the worst in their lives. Having an uncomfortable conversation is nothing like what you went through in your past. You've already been through some of the worst stuff you're going to be in your life. Really think about that. What you've been through is probably going to be one of the worst things you have to go through in your life. It's very unlikely that this is going to happen to you again. So having some uncomfortable conversations, testing out some friendships, testing out some trust again, because I'm sure you have an extremely hard time trusting anyone, including yourself, including you know trusting how you're feeling. Because like the trust walls and... and the support system just kind of shattered with what you went through. My heart really goes out to you. Um, please reach out to me if you ever want to chat about this. You know, I definitely would like to help you out with anything I can. Um, just help you, you know, test the waters of, of jumping into those friendship groups again because I think it would be very beneficial for you. And, and you you know, I was recently listening to this guy that um, I listen to from time to time that, that is a mental health, um, I would call him an expert just cause he's really good at what he does. But like you already know in your heart, what you really want to do with these friendships. Like you really, you, I mean, I'm guessing that you really do want some of these people in your life. You just don't know how to do it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be a step forward. And so, you know, I, I think that if you can kind of, you know, write down the, your top three people of this group. I have no idea how many it is, but your one, two, or three people that you do want to kind of test the, the waters out with, have an uncomfortable conversation with them and see how it goes. Because two things will happen. They're going to say, oh my God, I had no idea. Of course I will you know, be there for you and listen to you and help you get through this, whatever you need. Two, they're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry to make you uncomfortable and get defensive and then, you know, the friendship is not there, which is where you're at right now. So it's either going to change for the better, or it's probably going to be just how it is right now. So really it's kind of a win-win for you because you're going to gain a little bit of bravery. You're going to have a little victory because you're going to step outside your comfort zone and have an uncomfortable conversation, which I've probably said that so many times, but it is, but it's, you're going to feel fantastic after you do it. So thank you for submitting the, the question. Thank you for sharing part of your story. Um, 
you probably don't know this, but what I just answered is probably going to help, you know, 10 to 15 people. So kudos to you. Thank you for being brave and thank you for your question. All right, we'll try another one here. Okay, here we go. Am I irrational for going through something traumatic and being afraid that everyone is going to try and ruin my life? Now, yes, that is a little bit irrational, but anxiety is irrational. And so rather than calling yourself irrational and labeling yourself as, as such, your anxiety is irrational. And, you know, once we start blaming ourselves for emotion and kind of labeling ourselves as a certain thing, it gets to um, the crossroads of shame. And once you start a habit of shaming yourself, that's when depression will kick in. And I know this very well because my depression started um, after I started shaming myself because of my anxiety. So you're not an irrational person. Um, You have anxiety right now and anxiety is irrational and trauma has a lot of um, issues with it because probably what happened to you you had no control over and with anxiety we we want to control the outcomes of what might happen down the road and so it's kind of twofold for you it's irrational both because of what you've been through and fear of that happening again and then also um believing that people are out to kind of get you and that's because you've been a victim and it's kind of a and not necessarily in the negative sense of of the term but it's kind of a victim's mentality in in um almost a it's it's in the the realm of survivors survival sort i'm sorry i'm on a lot of medication right now survivor's guilt um which is also irrational and so there's, there's some emotion behind how you're feeling. And so I would kind of start to dissect, okay, what is it about these people that I feel they're trying to get me? Is it that they don't believe me? Is it because when I tell them X, Y, or Z, I'm not getting the response I want? Am I not getting the support I need? And so it's probably going to come back to some sort of a need that they're not fulfilling in your life, which is okay. Um, as I talked in the last question, sometimes you have to, you know, Um, cut the string and let some friends go just let them float away and and it's going to be okay either way um you know i've had multiple different friend group friend groups over the years and to this day i probably talk to two of them there's probably two really other than my brothers i mean my brothers are awesome but other than my brothers there's like i'd say from i probably have two friends that i've had for over 20 years now there's some that i will talk on occasion but There's some that I've had to let go because they are triggers for me. Now, um, I'm someone that used to self-medicate with alcohol, um, both for physical and mental pain. And it wasn't like, I've always been able to just stop and I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic. I, I abused it too, as a crutch. And some people that I was friends with really liked to party. And so I made the, the choice that, you know, alcohol no longer serves me and actually is a setback for me. So I, I had to, um, let go of some of those friends that really like to party just because it doesn't fit. Um, as, and it's not in line with my values. And one of my values is health and wellness. So, um, I think that if you can kind of, kind of figure out to the extent at which you are aware, what is it about these people that are triggering me? Why do I feel that they, um, 
are quote unquote out to get me or ruin my life. And please, please reach out. Um, you know, it's, uh, anxiety at gmail.com. If you guys got any questions on these and to follow them up, but try not to label yourself as irrational, but just say, okay, my anxiety is being irrational because as soon as you start to label it as my anxiety is doing fill in the blank, it loses its power. And so you, you kind of take the reins back and start riding that anxiety horse and saying, I'm going to try to steer you where you want to go. You may not let me go there just like a regular horse, but this is kind of where I want to go. And you kind of nudge your leg and nudge your other leg and, and eventually you get the hang of it and say, okay, this is where I'm going and this is where I want to go. And it's, it's testing and waiting the waters of different, different strategies, different questions, different skills, and whatever it takes to kind of help you feel like you can trust people again. You know, when you're, when you go through a traumatic event, your trust is completely shattered, like I mentioned earlier. And so rebuilding that is, is just like rebuilding a broken piece of glass. It takes time and it may not be the same as it was when you started, but you can repair it. And so I'd like you to think about asking yourself more questions on when this, this feeling arises. What is it about it that is actually making me anxious? Is it the people or is it how I feel about them or is it how they're making me feel? And not necessarily how they're making you feel, but what thoughts and emotions are arising when I'm around them? Obviously, other people can't make us feel and think and emote, but our inner thoughts and our inner dialogue is what creates all of those three things. So I hope that helps. And like I said, if you have any more questions on that, please let me know. All right, on to the third and final question for today. Uh, I've had anxiety since I was a teenager, which I've learned to manage effectively with diet, meditation, alone time, exercise, etc. So a lot of the stuff that I've talked about in the past, this is what they've done. I recently left an emotionally abusive relationship that although wasn't physically violent, I felt scared a lot of the time. I find it really challenging to get my mental health back after that experience. Crazy. Um, I was just talking to somebody online about this uh, today, actually. So hopefully this will be clear and concise. And anytime that that trust is eroded, um, you start to question what you believe to be true. And anytime you do that, it's going to create this... um, vacuum of mental thoughts and it's going to create a vacuum of what you thought to be true and what you thought were right emotions about what you were having in your life. You know, emotionally abusive relationship makes you feel like you're crazy and you're not crazy. Um, but abusive people, well, well, they always say hurt people, hurt people. So this, now I'm not trying to sympathize with the person that was doing this to you because it was terrible. And, but I'm just saying like hurt people, hurt people. So this person was going through something, they're projecting it onto you and you, um, in turn absorbed that and took it internal and, and reverted right back to what you were going through as a teenager, which is very, um, normal for people with mental health stuff like we have. And, you know, there'll be times where I'll, I, you know, for me, it's, it's surgery. It'll revert me back to my fear of anything medical or health related. But what I've learned to do is prepare myself for that. So now that you're out of this relationship, what are you doing to get back on track? Like you have done in the past. Now it might be at a point in your life where you've healed enough that you need to need to try some new stuff. And I can definitely help you out with that. Um, 
but what are you doing currently to get yourself back on track? You know, how are your thoughts right now? Are they, are they in the, the negative spiral of, um, what ifs, like, what if this happens again with the next person I'm with, what am I going to do like for marriage? What am I going to do for family? It's a, I mean, you don't know. I got married late. I think I got married at 28. I didn't have kids until I was in my thirties and you know, I married a fantastic gal. Um, I've been engaged. Well, I shouldn't say engaged, but like I had like a promise ring for two other women. And so at the time that we broke up, I had the same questions and the trust was eroded. And the two people that, um, I had done the promise ring thing with, um, had their own mental health issues. And so I felt like I was the crazy one. And so it's, it's a hard place to come out of, but it is, but it is doable. And, and I'm sure that, you know, there's many things that are up in the air for you right now. Um, you know, coming out of a relationship is hard anyways. And so ask yourself, have you grieved? Um, the one thing that I, I like to really tell people though, is like, if you can feel this bad about someone who isn't the right person for you, imagine how good you're going to feel when you do find the right person. I could probably honestly say within the first month of being with my wife, I knew that we were probably going to end up together. That's, that was our experience. I'm like, oh yeah, I could definitely see myself being with this person. Now, the emotionally abusive person, I'm sure there were signs and symptoms early on that you were like, hey, it's going to be hard to get around. So those don't really come up when you're with the right person. And so if you're having those unanswered questions about your future, just try to have a little, if you're not like religiously faithful, just have some inner belief and keep telling yourself this, that the next one could be the one, which it, it's kind of open, open-ended, which may be hard for some people, but it's the best way to think about it. Like imagine how good it can be if you felt this way about the wrong person, the next person that it might be the right person. It could be so much better. Now you might end up breaking up with the next person, but they may not be emotionally abusive. So it would in theory, in, you know, in, by definition be better than what you just went through. Nobody deserves to be emotionally abused. It's terrible, you know? And so, uh, you know, I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. And I've been in those myself and, and they make you feel crazy, like I said, but better things are on the horizon. And for your anxiety and your mental health, start doing, actually, here's what we should do. Write down all the things that make you happy right now. And then what I want you to do is try to find a new one for the next 30 days. Sounds like a challenge, right? Like I would even have a hard time doing that. But what it's going to do is going to help. It's going to create this habit of looking for things that make you happy. And it's going to create, create a habit of doing more of them. Right. And so you've been in this emotionally abusive relationship, which is negative. So you're, you're currently spinning on this negative merry-go-round, which is just residual from a terrible relationship. Now there may have been some good parts, but you know, emotionally, emotional abuse is terrible. So if you can get in this habit of writing down these, and this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm doing right now with the three, the daily three that I have to send to my coach. Um, is I'm, I'm being proactive and setting intention to my day. And so for you to get back on the horse, start writing, start with a list of 10 and then over the next 30 days, write one more thing. And it could even be something that you did that day that made you happy. Just write that down. So then you can revert to this list when you're feeling kind of out of, out of whack or out of sorts, if you will do one of those things that are on your list. 
Because the goal, our natural state is joy, period, full stop. But we create these habit loops of thinking that bring us down, down a different path. I'm 100% guilty of that, both with shame and fear. And so what I had to do is retrain my mind to look for the happy and look for the confidence building things on a daily basis until I started to heal more. And the, like the one thing about this anxiety stuff, guys, is that it's not one answer that's going to fix everything. And until we can look away from that, that one magic pill, if you will, the better and the more prog- the better we're going to feel and the more progress we're going to make. So start doing little things like writing down three things at the end of the day that made you happy. Write down three things in the morning that you want to get done that day that are going to make you happy or give you some joy versus only focusing on the things that make you fearful, only focusing on those things that just tear you down, whether you're shaming yourself, whether you're too afraid to try, baby steps towards trying. Take baby steps towards giving yourself some self-love. Baby steps, because even a baby can climb a mountain step by step. So I hope that helps, guys. We're getting up to that 30-minute mark. I appreciate you guys submitting those questions. It's extremely brave of you to share your parts of your story and to um, please hang your hat on that bravery piece and, and celebrate that little victory. Um, I, I've been celebrating um, the victories of sharing parts of my story since I've started this podcast. Um, it continues to grow, which I, <laughs> apparently people like to hear me talk, um, even though I don't do it very well often. But <laughs> please keep submitting questions. Please, please keep um, keep fighting for yourself because I'm going to do my best to provide information and things for you guys to try as long as you guys keep submitting questions and you guys keep listening. So have yourself a peaceful morning afternoon or evening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out. I promise. We'll see you later.